studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We'd like to see a world in which every person gets access to this type of basic testing. Once hailed the next Steve Jobs, Elizabeth Holmes promised to revolutionize health care with just a prick of the finger and a few drops of blood. Wall Street Journal reporter John Carreyrou revealed the technology didn't actually work. Court documents reveal Holmes will likely try to pin the blame on ex-boyfriend and former Theranos president Sonny Belwani, claiming he abused her and controlled everything from what she ate, how she dressed, and who she could interact with. What do you think her tone will be like in the courtroom? Her lawyers have told the judge she really doesn't want to wear a mask. So that that tells you that uh, her tactic, or at least one of her tactics, is going to be to try to draw the jury's sympathy. I can't predict what's going to happen. I think uh, I wouldn't put it past her to, you know, get the jury to eat out of her hand. Well, starting as a 20... Much the way my wolf Balto eats out of my hand. Starting as a 20-year-old, Elizabeth Holmes has been manipulating and frauding people based on her act. And, of course, she still believes that she can influence people with, uh, you know, a flip of her hair and her weirdly low voice. Right. (laughs) And uh, that's what she's been doing her whole adult life. She dropped out of college. She came up with this crackpot business. It would seem that they believed it to start with. Then when it couldn't meet up to expectations that's when the fraud started i don't think it was a fraud from the get-go although maybe we'll learn more uh, as this trial goes on i would love to be on this jury you talk about there there are juries that it would suck to be on either because it's too tragic a story to want to hear the details of or it's just my mom was on a jury one time about a dispute over a water main breaking and it got into um you know county versus city and and just all kinds of stuff that would be so Deadly boring. I can't even imagine oh. sitting through a trial like that. The minutiae of engineering and yeah. civic uh, regulation. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, property rights and stuff like that. This Elizabeth Holmes thing would be flipping fascinating as people are yeah. going to testify as to the whole. They're going to get into her fake voice because it's going to be part of uh, convincing the jury that she is a fraud artist. She apparently has been doing this whole low voice thing. If you. I saw, I don't know how many interviews with her on Charlie Rose over the years, in her black turtleneck, always introduced as the next Steve, the female Steve Jobs. Your Honor, what if I just pull my turtleneck up over my mouth and nose instead of wearing a mask? <laughs> and how she adopted a low voice for attention, or they thought people would believe her more, or whatever the hell's going on. She's a crazy person. Is the long and short of it. But so now her. I love the idea she was the next Steve Jobs. She's the next freaking Bernie Madoff. Come on now. <laughs> right, clearly. So now the bombshell rev- revelation is she's going to blame her boyfriend, who was the CEO. Who, Ramesh you, Sonny Balwani. If you've watched the documentary, which I have, which was on Netflix or HBO, I don't remember where it was several years ago, um, they were working hand in hand on this thing, but now she is going to claim that he forced her to do all this sort of stuff and was a brutal, controlling something or other. Going to argue intimate partner violence as a defense, to which, because uh, uh, originally it was thinking they'd be tried together, and uh, when Sonny found that out, his lawyers were like, wait, whoa, hey, what, wait, what, what? No, we, we can't have you pointing and saying, I just did it because he beat me in front of the jury. Gee, 
Uh, one unsealed Balwani filing from a couple of months ago notes the strategy, quote, Ms. Holmes plans to introduce evidence that Mr. Balwani verbally disparaged her and withdrew affection if she displeased him, controlled what she ate, how she dressed, how much money she could spend, who she could Wait interact with. Is, is that the extent of the beatings that you just called them? Verbally what? Uh, verbally disparaged her. <laughs> well, we verbally disparaged her. There's a lot of gray area in that phrase. And All then right, yeah, how about this? He monitored her calls, texts, and emails, threw hard, sharp objects at her. That's physical abuse. That he restricted her sleep and monitored her movements, among other charges. All right, His knows? people, are, of course, are saying that's disturbing and utterly untrue. Well, I think she's a crackpot. He might be a crackpot, too. The From the documentary... My takeaway was she's a crackpot and crook. He's just a fraud artist, uh, not full-on crackpot like her. But she was the face of the whole thing because for whatever reason, she's got one of those personalities that convinced some like serious heavyweight donors to throw money into this project. Oh, yeah, some of the leading people in America, former cabinet members and, and scientists and media figures. Crazy. Secretary, Former Secretary of State Schultz when he was still alive. Right. Um, uh, I think she had some sort of appeal to particularly these old men as like, this could be my daughter or granddaughter. It's just so exciting. Here's a woman doing this. And she's just like a girl next door that went to Stanford. Um, and she raised... Hundreds of millions of dollars to back this completely fraud thing that she was putting together. I don't know, right? But but yep. but but all the aspects of it. God, I would love to be on the jury. Love it. I'm going to follow this story closely. You got to stay loose. Old uh, Balawani might throw a hard, sharp object at you. Control how you dress. I want you to wear a different black turtleneck. <laughs> yes, Sonny. That's no problem. See I'm all these on for you right away. All these phrases from these kind of arguments are so up to interpretation. I really think you should dress like this. She takes as controlling how you dressed, or you know maybe put a, a bat to her head and say where these pants are going to hit you. I don't know, but it could be anything in between those two things. Sure, sure. Yeah, that that's a little formal. Uh, yeah, let's let's be a little more casual. I mean, is that controlling how she dresses? Who knows? Plus, you know, lawyers are willing to make up stuff yep. to win cases, especially if their client's life is at stake. Uh, but uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be an interesting case, no doubt. I want to get to the bottom of whether that wolf is a wolf because I've heard it's just a regular. Dog. So, what's the story on that? She claims she has a wolf hybrid, or just she calls it a wolf, but it's just a freaking dog. <laughs> Balto the dog. She walks it around the Marina District of San Francisco. Not right. dang old wolf. She's a cuckoo bird. Um, my favorite. But how aspect. about that whole? You know, she wears a damn a turtleneck, and and she's in Silicon Valley and is smart, and people start calling her the next Steve Jobs, and then everybody calls her the next Steve Jobs. That's just, that's just the lemmings of the media yep. are so embarrassing. They clown themselves on a daily basis. And there's so many covers of magazines that she was on, uh, looking like Steve Jobs, and like I said, she was on Charlie Rose all the time making these claims, talking about this thing that never existed. And my favorite part of the story, and I know I've said this 15 times if you've heard me say it before, but my favorite part of the whole story is they would take a drop of blood and put it in a box, <laughs> basically. It's a, the, 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 basically a fancy shoebox. And they'd say, let's go out to lunch. And then when they went out to lunch, they'd run the blood sample over to the CVS and have it analyzed. 
Nothing counts so much as blood. And then put it back in the box when they got back from lunch and say <laughs> in the box is magically uh, in a matter of seconds. Determined Look at this. this. We have the complete analysis. That's actually what all, they were doing. All 200 measures. Let's read them together. That's <laughs> <laughs> just hilarious. You need to be more like a dog. Excuse me. I'll be back in a moment. I need to feed my wolf. Then we can look at the results together from a single pinprick. What a single drop of blood. Do you have any uh, sense of how you think this is going to go or uh, this this trial? Yeah, poorly for the defendants. (laughs) Very, very poorly. I think they're going to bring out all this stuff and the jury's going to be like, what the hell? I don't remember the name of the chap from uh, the Wall Street Journal who did the investigative reports into this that were the blockbusters. But, Don Carreyrou, uh, I've heard in my ear. Is that right? He, right we've had, we've had right, him on right, the air yeah. before. John? Yeah, Don, that's right. Lon? <laughs> anyway, whoever he is, uh, his work was exceptionally thorough. I've read it. Yeah. And uh, I think her goose is cooked. So that's why she's doing this swing for the fences. I had to. He was abusive thing. Yeah, Paul Wani probably ought to go with, she She made the wolf bite me every time I resisted. She was the mastermind. I was abused. <laughs> I got tired of getting bit by the wolf, so I went along with her nefarious schemes. I would wake up out of a dead sleep, and all I'd see is a black turtleneck and fists flying down on me. Exactly, and the, the flashing teeth of the dog wolf, dog wolf. <laughs> it was a nightmare, Your Honor. A nightmare, I tell you. <laughs> Uh, some more pretty harsh criticism of the Biden administration's handling of Afghanistan on the way from unlikely sources. I still wonder if this is just a really bad news cycle for Biden. We transition out of it like by this weekend, certainly. And it's kind of distant memory and nobody it it just doesn't play a role in American consciousness anymore. I wonder. Mm, I don't know. I, I think, well, I'll tell you what I think after this brief commercial break. Fantastic. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But really, we need to not forget that 19 of the last 20 years of this war, uh, led by woke generals and political leaders who moved to nation building instead of instead of having proper metrics for success of how to defeat an enemy, they caused this. This is the Taliban are in a position of strength, not because of the last 10 days, but because of the last 19 years. And we need to never fight a war this way ever again. It is one thing to do this with the Taliban. It's entirely another to do it with a nuclear adversary, which, you know, is something that we might be facing in the years to come. Interesting stuff from Molly Hemingway of the Federalist there. Yeah, yeah, boy, there are all sorts of aspects of, of this that trouble me. Uh, this is Senator Tom Cotton to the subject I was just talking about. Uh, is anybody going to be held accountable? Does this story have legs? What's the follow-up? Who decided to close Bagram Air Base? What were the arbitrary troop numbers uh, that were capped at the, at the end that led to the closing of Bagram Air Base? There's a lot of very simple but very critical questions to be asked, and the answers are noble. They're sitting on a piece of paper somewhere in the Pentagon and the White House, and it's time for Congress to demand those answers in the weeks ahead. 
Something the Washington Post editorial board said also is that the follow-up on this needs to start today. How these decisions were made, who made the decisions, do we think that was a good idea? By the way, I want to mention to this before I get to a fairly controversial op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who I'm convinced might be a nice guy, but I think he just lives in la-la land. Remember when he got pantsed by the Chinese at that meeting in Alaska? Well, now I have, we have more insight into the way he looks at the world. He's a, he's a real the-way-things-ought-to-be-versus-the-way-they-are guy, which is yeah, the academic. Yeah. Um, he announced yesterday that we've entered a new chapter of America's engagement with uh, uh, Afghanistan has begun. That's as the last troops left. It's one in which we'll lead with our diplomacy, he said, in remarks delivered from the State Department. The military mission is over. A new diplomatic mission has begun. Seconds later, Blinken announced that the United States had suspended its diplomatic presence in Kabul due to the uncertain security environment and political situation in Afghanistan. Maybe that's what he meant by there's a new uh, diplomatic era that's begun. <laughs> there won't be any. no diplomacy. There right? won't be exactly. any. Because that is new. We've closed up shop. You know, to the question of whether this will uh, fade in memory, as many stories do, um, I think some of the particulars might, but the overall stench, and I mean stench, of dishonesty and incompetence will hang for a very, very long time. It will be very difficult to undo that perception. Uh, And, you know, as my proof, I offer to you the lefty editorial board of the Washington Post, which has been unmerciful. We'll see. You know, uh, mainstream news tried to hang Katrina around Bush the entire presidency. Will anybody on, you know, mainstream media be interested in bringing this up again when it gets down to a Joe Biden versus DeSantis race or something like that? Joe Biden bets on cynicism from the Wall Street Journal. And this is pretty good stuff and some of it pretty harsh. Even as the last American warplanes lifted off from Kabul on Monday, there were those holding out hope that Joe Biden might yet reconsider letting the Taliban dictate the terms of our exit. These people profoundly misunderstand the president and the political equations driving his decisions. For Mr. Biden, the top priority was to use the 20th anniversary of 9-11 to take a victory lap as the president who ended America's longest war. When Kabul fell, it added a new imperative. Avoid any U.S. combat casualties that would mar the moment, even at the cost of leaving Americans behind enemy lines and abandoning our Afghan partners. Critics who accuse the president of having no strategy missed the point. What we're seeing is the strategy. It is based on Mr. Biden's, Mr. Biden's confidence that no one will hold the disastrous consequences of decisions about Afghanistan against him so long as our troops are gone. So his bet is this story will go away. And he won't get blamed for it. If you accept this premise, that that's what the strategy was, then Afghanistan falls neatly into place. In July, Mr. Biden assured the American people there's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of an embassy. Turned out, plenty of folks were evacuated from our embassy in Kabul, but no helicopter dared land on the rooftop, lest a photographer end up with an image too close to Saigon 75 for the political comfort of the commander-in-chief. Ditto for rescuing Americans in and around the city. Too great a risk of a replay of Mogadishu and another Black Hawk down. So instead of sending highly trained soldiers and Marines outside the airport to do it their way on their terms, they were largely confined to the airport while Central Intelligence Agency teams and volunteer groups brought people out. The idea being he just wanted to avoid the big PR disaster. Now Ah, this. 
Right. So he promised to Snuffleupagus he would get all of our people out if it was easy and did not cost any bad publicity. He left that part unsaid. And then skipping down a little bit to McGurn's column. Major Bo Biden, an Army National Guard lawyer, served honorably in Baghdad. His early death from brain cancer was tragic, but has nothing to do with Afghanistan or those killed there. Mr. Biden is not a gold star father, and he should stop playing one on TV. That's uh, pretty straightforward language and hard to argue with. Yeah, even if, well, and this is getting into touchy emotional stuff. We usually don't bash people for mishandling that because everybody handles it differently. But even if you buy the idea that maybe Bo inhaled some unholy stuff in country, which happens, and that may have led to his brain cancer, he overplays that card to me to the point of distaste. Yeah. I was okay him bringing it up in that speech the day after all the soldiers were killed. And just like, I know what it's like to lose somebody, and this is what it feels like, and it's hard. I didn't really mind that. But the continuing to bring it up as people showed up at the airfield and... Well, uh, and he doesn't pivot to, and you, you're lost, blah, blah, blah. He just, he hangs on it. I don't know. It's a matter of taste. See what you think of it. See what America thinks of it. Will this story go away? The the The... The congressional investigations are going to begin. There could be some pretty embarrassing stuff come out of those. Right, right. Well, almost certainly if both sides are hammering away, and they are. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We have some stupid breaking Jeopardy news we'll get to in a moment. Yeah, boy. Look, I've heard about enough of that. Uh, you know, y'all find a host, don't find a host, have no host, hire a robot, cancel. I, just, I don't care. I'm interested from the from the standpoint of, is anybody going to be able to do anything in the future? Because everybody's got something in their past that runs afoul of the woke. And, of course, the Puritans among us must cancel your entire life and your career for any sin uh, unless they can find a carpenter from Nazareth to host the show. I wonder if they ever will. I don't know. Check stay it, tuned. Check his Twitter account. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Very little known about Jesus' high school years. Who knows what he was up to? Who knows what he tweeted? Um, we need to, we, We've had this for, like, a couple of days. There's never a good time to try to figure out when to get this on. Including now. Uh, (laughs) So, I always wanted to be in the Guinness Book of World Records. I always wanted to set some sort of record. And I tried a whole bunch of different things as a kid. I never considered this one. Who can yodel the fastest while smoking a cigarette and playing the accordion? That is a very specific niche skill. Did you say smoking a cigarette? Because there's probably somebody who can yodel really fast while playing the accordion, but doesn't smoke. Or somebody who smokes and plays the accordion, but has never yodeled in their life. I think it's stupid. Who wants yodeling? (laughs) You really need the triple threat of fast yodeling while smoking a cigarette and playing the accordion. (laughs) 
You know you shouldn't smoke because every cigarette takes seven minutes off your completely pointless life. (laughs) Of annoying people with your yodeling. (laughs) That's some fast damn yodeling, though. Yes, it is, in accordion playing. Yeah. Why not add in smoking, he thought to himself. You know, you're right, he thought back. You know, I wish I could play the accordion, but that would take a lot of work. If you could play any musical instrument, what would you play? If you could play any. The guitar. <laughs> um, uh, anybody who's seen me knows what I mean. Ah, uh, Gosh, that's an interesting question. I'd have to contemplate that. An accordion would be up there. Although, if you can play keyboards oh, really? in general, you got a big start. I was at the music store the other day. got my son a uh, um, uh, four-string little guitar. Ukulele. Uh, got my son a ukulele and the uh, young woman helping me out there at the music store. It's still a mom-and-pop music store that's still survives somehow mostly through lessons because everybody buys everything online now but they survive through lessons um mm-hmm. i asked her i said what's your musical instrument of choice expecting to hear piano saxophone maybe violin she was asian um she said the harp I said the harp oh. like like the big you know like gladys come yeah. on gladys she said yeah that, that's her instrument I said, what's wow. a decent harp cost? If I just want to get a decent started on harping, what's it going to cost? And <laughs> she said, probably 12. As opposed to harping on the staff. <laughs> yeah. She said 12 to 15 grand. I thought, wow, that's a pretty high level uh, barrier of entry. If your kid says, hey, Dad, Dad, I want to play the harp. Anything well, for you, son. Nothing would make me prouder, son. <laughs> so like a student harp is going to be five figures? Hmm. I took her word or for maybe, it. Maybe you can get a cheap, crappy one for like eight grand. I'll bet. I'll bet it's got to be pretty good because that's a lot of long strings. You got to keep perfectly in tune. Otherwise, it would sound like crap. All those different strings against each other if it was out of tune. Imagine keeping that thing in tune. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we actually had a friend. It's a shame we've lost touch with them because they're really nice people. But we moved and they moved and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the, the gal was a harpist. And, and you know, I saw a corner, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I saw a harp in the corner of the living room. I said, well, you got a harp, huh? Well, yeah, I play <laughs> it's hard it. hard not to say that. Well, yeah. And she said, yeah. I said, go ahead. Pick me a little uh, tune here, would you? And she uh, unleashed on that thing, and it was a holy crap moment. She was really good. Well, does she only play the dream sound effect, Gladys? <laughs> no, I think this her is repertoire was considerably wider than Gladys's. No offense, Gladys. Is there anything other than this on the harp? I'm not sure I've ever heard anything yes, other than that on the harp. of course there is. Of course there is. It's an exquisite instrument. Lovely. Hmm. Many strings. There's something working her hands back and forth independently of each other. Just craziness. I'd never Plucking pick- and mutin', mutin' and plucking. I'd never picked up a ukulele before. That's kind of a fun little dealio. We're going to spend some time on that. Because there's only four strings, it's pretty easy to figure out the chords. Most songs are three chords long, so yeah, you can do a lot of songs. Oh, yeah, you get started in a hurry. Um, Mike Richards is out as the Jeopardy executive producer. Three weeks after naming him as Alex Trebek's replacement to host the show, Sony cited disruption and internal difficulties in its announcement that he will leave the program entirely. Now, I don't remember. The disruption was because he had some tweets out there? Podcasts. Podcast, that's right. He had a podcast. 
Yeah, he talked about boobies. And he made references to Jews in terms of nose size and that sort of thing. And it was it was all dumb. It didn't sound career-ending to me, but uh, well, the modern world and I are somewhat out of step. Yeah, I don't know. Well, good luck finding creative people to host your Oscars or being in the entertainment business at all that haven't said something in the past that is not politically correct for you by today's standards. Good luck. I wish you well. The people who need to hear this lecture will never hear it nor understand it, but the very point of comedy is to poke poke at at the powerful, at the establishment, at the things that are different, at things that uh, we fear. The whole point of humor is to upset things. And people like edgy and kind Mm -hmm. of naughty. The problem, and we deal with this every single day of our lives, is uh, when does edgy cross over into fire D? <laughs> you, you lose your jobby. <laughs> and, um, and the problem is the line changes on a regular basis. Everybody's, every individual has a different line, and then the line has changed a lot. There are things we said regularly just a few years ago that I wouldn't dare say now. Right. Um, so. Well, and there are people who will also feign indignation and hurt at what you've said in order to uh, end you and control you. And, and frequently, whether it's a company or, or you know, well, usually it's a private company, but or a government agency, they will say, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't agree. I think it was fine, but these people are really mad, so it'd probably be less trouble to just get rid of this person and end their career." So there's an enormous amount of cowardice in the face of the Puritans. It's sickening. Wow. Everything woke. Turns to shit. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. That's a good point and well said. So we got a text about their daughter dressing provocatively. How did we end up on that topic earlier in the show? I don't remember. Well, we, we were talking about it a few days ago, and, and a gal wrote us an email that I thought was so good, I just kind of kept it around until I found the chance to share it. She said, essentially, what she taught her daughter, and it's similar to what I taught my two daughters, was that you don't walk down the street, particularly in a questionable part of town, Wearing lots of expensive jewelry and obviously carrying cash because bad people, unscrupulous people, easily tempted people will uh, you will get their attention. And so it's just best not to. And the same can be said of dressing in a sexually provocative way within reason. You know, I'm not a member of the friggin Taliban over here, but you do not want to gain the attention of someone who cannot be trusted, or you don't want to provoke a sexual response in somebody who can't control themselves. It's a dangerous game. Well, you know, there are there are those that believe, and I my research throughout my life leads this to be true a lot of the time, based on my own personal research. A lot of times when people dress that way, it is an invitation for that kind of conversation or or uh or, um, you know, making it clear that I'm, I'm interested in this sort of activity. That is right. more often than not, I would say in my life, that has been the case. Right. But naive activist types believe that, therefore, they can dress any way they want 
and and including in a very sexually provocative way. But because good, decent manners and behavior and, and certainly women's rights say nobody should make an assumption or touch them or, or, or offend them or whatever. And that's unquestionably true. It's just not realistic because we're talking about people who are predatorial, who have no self-control, who are just are bad people. Maybe they're just immature. But it just, well, again, I, but this is the difference between the ideological and the realistic. We're dancing around in a category where it could get us into trouble right here. But am I right or wrong that throughout human history, up until fairly recently, dressing a certain way as a woman was an announcement to males that I am looking for a mate or at least a temporary mate? Hasn't that I'm always sexually been, available, in ha, short. Hasn't yeah. that been what that message is from dressing like that? Yeah, always up until fairly recently, and now we're supposed to, maybe we have, I don't know, we got this uh, text from a mom. I've told my daughter, don't bait the hook if you're not going to fish. <laughs> I like those kind of things. I've heard that one too, yeah. I was at, uh, I was somewhere the other day, and uh, there were a couple of high school girls there, and I thought, oh my God, why are you dressed that way? And then I kind of thought for a while, I'm, gl- I'm glad I don't have to figure out how to deal with this. I know you dealt with it, but... I have two boys. I don't have two girls. I I don't know what I would do if my daughters wanted to dress like that. I think it's a terrible idea to be a 16-year-old girl and dress the way the girls these girls were. But other people have different opinions on that. Well, yeah, and speaking of things that are universal and timeless, kids want to be grown up. They want to look grown up. They want to project being grown up. And, 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 you know, you could write books on this sentence. One way girls want to look womanly is to be sexy it just is it's again it's universal it's constant well, i mean you're not leaving the house in that is a saying that goes back three thousand years i'm sure it does these particular girls and i'm guessing they were 15 16 these particular girls if they were dressed like that at 30 you wouldn't think while you look grown up you'd think you're looking for some action yeah that's yeah with a lot of guys you can think and i realize that a lot of you think that's awful that anybody would think that based on how someone is dressed. All right. Again, realism versus academic ideological fantasy land. Huh. But, you know, as, as a father of daughters, you can't, uh, in my opinion, you can't indulge that academic fantasy. You have to help them understand how the real world works and, and what the dangers are. Of course, the Taliban thinks that you can't even have a cover over your face with your eyes showing you need to have the little thing over your eyeballs so nobody even sees your eyeballs. Right. So that's would be that's Looney Tunes. That's Looney Tunes, and uh, well, it is completely Looney Tunes. Um, our text line, if you have any comment on any of that, four one five two nine five KFTC. We'll finish strong as we always do. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Should have dug up the audio. I don't know if you heard what it sounded like at the Kabul airport last night as the final flight took off. Have you seen the picture of the uh, commander of the 82nd Airborne getting on the plane? He was officially the last U.S. serviceman to step onto the plane before it took off. And um, it was in, uh, you know, night vision picture. And as soon as that plane got in the air... It was constant gunshots from the Taliban firing off the rifles in celebration of having complete control 
now of uh, the entire country, including the capital and the airport and everything else. Somebody should tell them that's unsafe to fire their weapons in the air like that. It's a terrible idea. Um, Now, so there's this picture that's making the rounds. I'm highly dubious of this. There is a Black Hawk helicopter, which the Taliban now has quite a few of. One of the greatest, maybe the greatest single pieces of piece of armament that exists on the planet outside of a nuclear weapon in terms of, uh, you know, just fighting in a war. And they've got a bunch of them. But have you seen the picture going around with somebody hanging from it? It looks uh, I like have not. No. OK, so I was making the rounds last night. It's a Black Hawk hop, Black Hawk helicopter over the sky in Kabul with a rope coming down to where it looks like it around somebody's neck. And then the caption was from whoever that the Taliban's using our helicopters to hang people. I don't believe it. A lot of military people say there's no freaking way they got somebody that can fly one of those things. Um, so I don't know. Well, uh, do I misunderstand? I mean, somebody is hanging from it, like being hanged, like being hanged from the bottom of a Black Hawk oh. helicopter. It just—it's one of those. Well, two things. One, I thought, who do they got that can fly a Black Hawk helicopter like that? Two. It's just one of those things. It's a little too perfect. It was just a little too perfect. Okay. And it's yeah. either them photoshopped it or the Russians or whoever. But a lot of people on the right jumped on that. If this is, you know, what Joe Biden has given us, et cetera, et cetera. Joe Biden has given us something horrible and very, very crappy. But I, I find it hard to believe that that actually happened. And then some videos came out. Some uh, they're they're kind of funny if they weren't so sad. Of it would appear to be some of the Taliban attempting to fly some of these uh, helicopters and not have any luck getting them off the ground. Now, we left a whole bunch of stuff behind that they technically have, but the General McKenzie said yesterday, look, we've disabled that aircraft. There's no way anybody's ever flying those ever. Um, mm-hmm. So okay. they, they're there, but they're not going to be used. Good to hear. Yeah, I'm sure some of the technology will be sent to the Chinese for a price, but... Yeah, on the other hand, I've that... seen the picture, I don't know if you've seen the picture, where a whole bunch of Taliban, all in fresh, brand-new-looking uniforms... All holding our guns, wearing our boots with our bullets. That stuff's all real and very usable. Yeah, some of the videos going along around of the stockpiles of weaponry and cash are just astonishing. It really is. You know, there's the humiliation of it. There's the fact that an absolutely malevolent force is now much better armed. There's the taxpayer dollars aspect of it. I mean, as I said earlier, that helic. There's a famous picture now of the. Uh, the uh, Taliban moving into the airport and surveying what we left behind, including this big, beautiful helicopter. Might be a Black Hawk. I'm not sure. Um, but that helicopter cost the Parks and Rec budget for your town for the next 50 years. Taxpayer dollars. And those dollars are gone and can't go to make your parks nice for the kids to play in. It's a damn shame. Hello, Elizabeth Holmes here, wearing a sensible black turtleneck. I figure staked Armstrong and Getty. And now here's their final thoughts with the results. <laughs> so uh, here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. How about a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day? There he is in the control room pressing the buckle- buttons. Michelangelo. Fire away, Michael. Really hoping that during the Elizabeth Holmes trial, she uses her real voice and it turns out to be super high. So it'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool, Michael. <laughs> Producer Alex has rejoined us as he is apparently undiseased. Alex, a final thought? Undiseased. You know, while I was gone, we lost a really uh, important um, 
a publicist in the motorsports community. Uh, Robin Miller passed away. He had a 50-year career. He was a great journalist, so I wanted to tip my cap to him. It will be dearly missed. Huh. A little note for the racing fans. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Yeah, I see that there is a podcast that is going to follow the Elizabeth Holmes trial. And I am going to stay on that. I will be your correspondent for the Armstrong and Getty Show, taking in as much information as I can on this trial. I think it's going to be fascinating. And we're trying to line up an interview with the Wolf Dog, so stay tuned. Uh, my final thought is a little advice to Jeff Bezos. Is he the richest man on the planet? Hey, Jeff, uh, if you don't want to be accused of being a monopoly, here's an idea. Don't wipe out all of America's department stores and malls and then announce that Amazon is going to be opening up department stores and malls. Yeah. It's probably not a great strategy. It's a little on the nose. Guys, I was at a couple of malls. I was at two malls over the weekend. I told my son I've barely been on a mall in the last 15 years, and I've been in one two days in a row. The number of empty stores was amazing. What's going to happen with that property? Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all sorts of great uh, hot links for you. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Pick yourself up one of those uh, Armstrong and Getty t-shirts, the red and blue logo. Very popular. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. We'd like to see a world in which every person gets access to... It's true. Are you sure of that, dude? But if we don't... If we don't... I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gonna... And... That might makes right has been the history of humankind and always will be. And you can have all the theories you want about the way things want to work, but if a big guy in a beard and a gun shows up and wants to smash your face, he gets to dictate, unless you can stop. On that high note, thank you all very much. (laughs) 